Hi, and welcome to the Frugal Debt-Free Life Podcast. I'm your host, Lydia Sin, and I am passionate about teaching people how to save time and manage their finances. So if you're ready for a shame-free, grace-filled money discussion, you've come to the right place. Today, I'm excited to be chatting with Shay from Front Porch Finance, and we're going to be talking about her story of getting out of $45,000 in debt, our favorite thrifting tips, and we're going to be talking about her new book, Budget Burnout, which comes out today. Shay, how are you? I'm good. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to have you. We have tried to connect on this podcast for a while, but one of us is always sick. Yeah. Those kids. So Shay, tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got debt free, a little bit about your family and what you talk about on Front Porch Finance. So um, back in 2017, I just had my first baby and my husband and I collaborated and decided that we really wanted to get out of debt because I wanted to become a stay-at-home mom. Like that was very important to me and we couldn't do it with you know, the $45,000 in student debt my husband had, plus a car loan and some other things. Mm -hmm. And so we kind of just got really intense and um, we paid it all off in about 15 months, doing everything from a side hustle to just minimizing our expenses like crazy and saying no to every fun outing that our friends offered us. But yeah, that was just like a huge focus. And then ever since we've paid off debt, which uh, we did that about October, 2019, we have um, still been like really focused on saving money and investing money. And it kind of grew my love of helping um, people do the same, especially women. I love working with women. So currently I do some coaching uh, to help people get out of debt because I'm very passionate about not wasting your money on interest rates and, you know, having more flexibility. Yes. Interest rates will kill you. I feel like if more people just sat down and just added up the interest alone that they're going to end up paying over the life of a loan or the minimum credit or their mortgage or whatever it is, that's really illuminating. We actually sat down at the beginning of our entire debt-free journey so we, we paid off our debt in two years and it was kind of the same thing. We were low income at the time and I wanted to be able to stay home long-term. And so we really just had to hustle. But when we added up all of our interest, we realized that we were going to be paying student loans twice, basically, yeah. or credit cards five times, basically, just because that interest kills you. Mm-hmm. And you don't realize it at the time you think, oh, this is, payment is manageable. And then mm-hmm. next thing you know, you yeah, paid double your student loans and you're like, wait, what happened? Exactly. So what method did you and your husband use to get out of debt? We talk about like the snowball and the avalanche, but what personally did you do? Um, we started with the snowball um, and then kind of the, about the first year we paid off 20000 dollars just from our side hustle and savings. Uh, but then a few months after that, we sold our house and we had a lot of equity and that kind of just took over the rest of it. Mm-hmm. So it was snowball for probably half. And then just, we used our lump sum from the sale of our house, which some people at the time told me it was cheating, but I don't think it's cheating. How is that cheating? Is it like, cheating when you sell you- stuff outside? Like if you sell furniture, is that cheating? So selling your house isn't cheating either. 
there but, yeah, are no actual rules. Like there's no governing body here who is deciding <laughs> how you can pay off your debt. Exactly. But yeah, some people at the time were like, um, you're taking the easy way out. And like, I'm, I'm selling my house. Like Selling a house and moving is not easy. That is not the easy way out. And I was like, you know, pregnant at the time. So oh <laughs> absolutely not. Oh, the internet is filled with people with opinions. I mean, I have opinions. That's why I have a podcast. So <laughs> I guess that's hypocrisy on my part. Um, so what were some of the side hustles you did? Um, the main one I did was reselling and I kind of just accidentally fell into it on Instagram and like once I already loved thrifting already so it was just like taking my love of thrifting and then finding amazing things to sell and at the height of my reselling I only did it for like a year um but I would work like four hours a week and I probably made like twelve hundred dollars before fees in taxes that's amazing. And you're able to probably fit that around your baby's schedule. Yes. So I worked part-time at the, um, at the time, uh, but it was from home. And then, yeah, I would do the reselling during naps. I would just, you know, snap a bunch of pictures while she was sleeping. And then, um, I could list when she was like playing or, you know, eating or whatever. Um, so it worked out well. And there's so many sites that you can sell and you can do all of it from your phone, like Macari and Poshmark. You can post the pictures, you can upload them from your phone, you can buy the shipping labels from your phone, and that makes it even easier. It's amazing how how simple it is. Like eBay is a little more difficult. You have to like know the size of your box and measure it and weigh it. And that's like a lot of work. But yeah, places like Poshmark and Mercari, I think it's just like a one size fits all shipping label and that makes it easy. So much easier. So where were some areas where you cut back in your budget while you were paying off debt? Oh gosh, eating out, Mm -hmm. clothes, pretty much anything we could. Like we just didn't go out and do fun things with our friends very often. Actually never, unless they came to our house or we went to their house. Um, It was a little bit of an isolating year. Just a year. And that year was going to pass regardless of whether you were sacrificing or not. Exactly. And I'm not super big. Like if I was to do it again, I don't know if I would put that much hustle into it, but it was worth it to become debt-free before the birth of my second child. Cause there's no way I could work from home with a toddler and a newborn on the computer. Like it just wouldn't have, it wouldn't have worked. It's too many snacks would be needed. Too many, (laughs) too many snacks. That's I work from home. And that is the truth. That's a lot of snacks. Um, we paid off our debt after my second child was born. And so we were in the midst of it during both my pregnancies, both my deliveries, and it's hard. And we kind of went the scorched earth route too. But I, in my mind, I think, well, I wasn't going to be taking babies to restaurants and to movies and to concerts anyway. So it worked out great, but I wouldn't do it that way again. Now that my kids are older, I wouldn't do it that way again. And I definitely don't like preach that um, lifestyle to people because I think for most people the burnout is rough and you talk about budget burnout tell Uh, my book is coming out tell me a little bit about your book so um, it's called budget burnout and the burnout can mean two different things one it can mean you're just like so tired of the monotony of doing the budget every month and you're like oh I'm not getting anywhere it's just and I'm getting tired of doing this but also it's like um, a workout burnout. Like when you're working out, you're 
you burn out like a muscle group. And so this is just like a quick 12 weeks. You put in some work to see results. And what it is, is um, you read like a chapter a week and it gives you like a challenge for that week. And each challenge is different for the 12 weeks. And it's kind of to keep you excited because you're not doing it for a whole month. You're not doing it for a whole year, just one week. What can you do in one week? And each, yeah, each challenge is different. And then um, I've created like a little page for you to keep track of how much you do every week. So you can see the real number at the end of the 12 weeks. So Shay, your book comes out today. Where can we grab a copy of it? Um, it's only on Amazon. There is an ebook and a physical book um, you could choose from. Awesome. I'm going to leave a link in the show notes so that you can grab up a copy because I love the concept of one week per task because yeah. I say this all the time. I'm, I'm a big advocate of, you know, Carly from Debt-Free Mom talks about pay period budgeting and our budget happens to be weekly because we get paid weekly. But I think even if we didn't, I'd probably break it down weekly because it is so much easier to stick to something for five to 10 days than it is to try to stick to something for 30, 31 days. It, it just seems so much longer. Yes. And that's my theory is like everyone, anyone can do something for seven days. You can be motivated to do that one thing in seven days. I personally, I feel like I'm an anomaly because I like to give myself like one year challenges and like, I'm really, um, I like am motivated against myself, but I just, I understand that like people aren't like that. <laughs> people want something quick and they want to see the result and then they just kind of want to move on. And that that's human nature. I love a quick win. And I think that's why when you look at the different debt payoff methods that we talked about a second ago, um, you know, people do the snowball where they line it up smallest to largest. And that quick win feels like a reward for people. And I think that there's probably some psychology to that, but I'm not smart enough to cite it. <laughs> cite any studies. So one of the things that I like about your account is you're a big proponent of a no buy. Can you kind of talk to us a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, a few years ago, I read a book. I really have to figure out what that book was. I'll have to go through my library checkouts from 2020. But I read a book about a woman who did a no spend year or a no buy year. And I kind of just took that and changed the things that didn't work for me and added things that did work for me and decided to challenge myself to a year long no buy. And I feel like it went really well. Um, in 2020, we saved about 13% of our income. And in 2021, we did about 43%. So it really upped our savings oh, wow. rate by not buying random things that you find at Target or wherever. That's amazing. I did a no clothes buying year. So when did I do that? <laughs> Who had just been born? So I think it was 2018. Mm -hmm. spine year. And really it helped me see what my style was, what I enjoyed. Um, but it also helped me learn, like, as I went back into buying clothing, I really relied more on the thrift store and like how to put together a thrifted wardrobe, which I'm wearing some of my, they can't see me on a podcast, but I'm wearing some of my thrifted stuff today. Like I saw on Instagram, or Pinterest, it was like a layout of an outfit. And of course, it's one of those when you scroll on it, it tells you where everything's from. 
And I thought, I wonder if I can put that together at the thrift store. And I went on Saturday and I found this cute, it's one of those strapless maxi dresses. I'm like, I can totally yeah. do this where you tuck a shirt up under it. And I, I've gotten compliments today. And so I feel like if I got nothing else out of that no buy clothing year, I learned how to dress myself. Mm -hmm. I did something similar in 2019. I did a no buying uh, new clothes for like my whole family. So either we could only buy thrifted things and that's kind of stuck. We don't really buy new clothes anymore anyways, but I feel like it was so nice because every time you would go into a store, you just weren't even tempted to look at the clothes section because yeah. you were buying clothes. All right. So as an avid thrifter, what mm -hmm. are some of your tips for people who are just getting into thrifting? Oh, okay. So if you don't thrift very often, I would suggest starting with clothing. I think people will be very surprised at what they can find clothing wise. Um, I only just shop in my size section, if that makes sense. Like, um, sometimes people like to, you know, search every single rack and that just ends up being too time, time consuming because things get mixed in really easily at thrift stores, like smalls go to larges and you know, whatever. Um, so just shopping your section and just check out every single section. Um, shop out of season. I think that's super helpful. I find like my kids snowsuits in the mm -hmm. summer usually, and then they price them at like two 99 because they're, it's out of season. Like they're like, who's going to buy a snowsuit in summer? Me, I'm going to, um, if your kids are in sports, it's the perfect place to look for, um, equipment and things that they need. Tap and ballet shoes. That's where I get all my girl stuff. Pink cleats there. Um, the base, like bats. Oh, tons of cleats. Yeah, shin guards, bats, um, pretty much anything. And it's a good way to save money because those kids' uh, sports equipment stuff is so expensive and they grow out of it so fast. Yeah. I don't know about the thrift stores near you, but our thrift stores get so much overflow from Target. So if you're new to thrifting and you love Target, maybe check out your thrift store because everything, they get so much overflow from Target that they just price things so cheap. Uh, today I saw tons of brand new just like Target leggings for four ninety nine. Um, same with their home decor. So much home decor. So if you see something at Target you like, maybe check out your thrift store and see if they have that same piece. And a tip that I will give you is see if your thrift store has a rewards program. So we have America's Thrift Store down here. We have a few of them, and they have a rewards program. Every time you go in, you put in your phone number, you earn points, and so for like every $50 you spend and it accumulates, you get a $5 coupon or they'll text you like, oh, this week only 25% off of all kids clothing and everything there is priced between like $6 and 99 cents. So 25% off goes a long way on a bunch of kids shorts that are all priced $2.99. Ours do not, we don't have a loyalty type program here at any of our thrift stores and I am jealous. Yeah, America's Thrift Store is, if if you get one in your area, just support them. They're great. It goes to America, uh, what is it, Miracle, Children's Miracle Network. Mm -hmm. They're clean. They're well lit. It's amazing. Yes, and um, some of the thrift stores here, we have 14-day return policies, which I love because then I can get stuff for my husband, my kids, and they could try it on at home. 
And then if it doesn't work out, I can take it back, which is so nice. I, actually, I know not all thrift stores have return policies. I was a different person when I went thrifting on Saturday than I am at home because I bought a top. And then when I got home, I was like, what was I thinking? And I was return <laughs> policy, so I have to return it because I was like, I'm never going to this. What happened to me in the thrift store? So much of what's at the thrift store like you just don't know how it's going to fit. And sometimes something you don't expect to look that good will look really good. And sometimes something you think is going to look great is not it. And you just have to, yeah, take it back. A tip, another tip I have for thrifting is to keep a running list of what you need in the notes app of your phone. And you can do like kids clothing sizes, like what their next size is going to be or what their current shoe size is, um, gift ideas, book, children's books you're looking for because books are a great find at the thrift store. And that way, when you go in, you can kind of have an organized plan. You never know what they're going to have, but that way you at least have some idea of what you're looking for. I absolutely do that. I do that with like, yeah, missing pieces in my kids' wardrobes and I start early. So like, I'll know if they need snowsuits, snowshoes. Um, like right now I'm looking to thrift my dad a new pair of slippers, like house slippers. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I do the same thing a running list, even of like um, furniture pieces that maybe I don't need right now, but I would like to have in the future. Yeah. And what I think is uh, funny is there are so many things that we do to save money that end up being really great for the planet. I was thinking about this the other day. Like if you're committed to frugal living and you're committed to meal planning and not wasting food or thrifting or simply just buying less stuff. Um, those are all things yes. that are also good for our pocketbook and good for the planet. Yeah, 100%. Like, I love saving money. That's like just built in me. But I also, yeah, I teach my kids, you know, being nice to the planet, treating the planet with respect. And I tell them the benefits of buying things secondhand. Um, what was it? A couple of years ago, we decided we wanted to get like the kids bunk beds. And looking at brand new bunk beds, just like the really cheap bunk beds, we're still almost like a thousand dollars. We wanted something nice, like something wood, something with like a built-in dresser and shelves. And we ended up finding it on just like Facebook marketplace for 300 bucks. And then I looked up retail, they're worth like $2,500. I'm like, you can't beat that price, price difference. And then it's, I don't know, it's just wild. And then, yeah, once again, it's just good for the planet. So my kids are getting older. They are 11 and 10. And I did worry when they were younger, as they get older, are, is it going to bother them that we thrift? And I'm here to tell you as a parent of older elementary age children, they don't care that I take them with me and I let them pick out a couple shirts. Cause again, they're $2.99. We always need t-shirts and they love it. Um, and one day we, they were having the cutest conversation my son found a Christmas shirt of a dinosaur that somebody had hung Christmas lights on it. It was just a cute shirt. And he was saying, oh, this is from Old Navy. I love their shirts. They're so soft. And look, it's only $3. And so I'm hopeful that that will continue because we have kind of instilled in them that nice doesn't necessarily mean new. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 100%. I think I'm worried having girls that it may turn into... Like, they, like you said, they just won't want to do it when they're older. Um, but I think like every Saturday when the weather is nice, we go yard sailing together. I give them each a couple quarters They and then they get to like, you know, purchase whatever they want with their quarters. So the excitement of they get to choose, but I'm hoping that they'll just learn that 
that's a fun thing to do and look in the value, like when they take their money to Target versus when they take their two first mm -hmm. yard sale, they can get so much more at a yard sale. Well, our piano teacher has teenagers oh, yeah. and she thrifts. And she was telling me that the one of the ways that she's combated that with her teenagers is saying, okay, here's your clothing budget. And them realizing on their own, oh, I can get a whole lot more at the Salvation Army than I can get at the outlet mall or wherever it is they shop. And so I thought that's a smart lesson because yeah. it's teaching like the actual value and how far you can stretch a dollar. Thrifting is a lot more trendy now too than it used to be. Like I feel like growing up in the 90s, thrifting was not trendy. It was like what you did when your family had no money. And now thrifting is kind of, you can find a lot more good stuff. Yeah. Well, it's there's like current. There's this sound on TikTok that's like, I saw it, I thrifted it. I saw it, I thrifted it. <laughs> and that's what goes through my mind when I put together one of my little, my little cute Goodwill outfits. Yes, I love it. Okay, so Shay, thank you for joining us today. Where can we find you online? So the best place to find me is on Instagram at Front Porch Finances. And she shares a lot of useful, practical ideas. Um, your reels are always great. And I feel like I went to Hawaii with you. But <laughs> I keep reminding my husband, we have a big anniversary coming up in 2025. Have you priced plane tickets yet? Um, but you went, you took your family and y'all, y'all went on a fairly slim budget and it was just fun yeah. to watch how you made that work. Uh, we had the best time. We were also sick then, but <laughs> We, we still had a great time the few hours we went outdoors every day. We weren't sick. <laughs> yep. Lovely. Well, here's to a healthy summer for your family, Shay, and for everybody listening. We cannot be sick anymore this year. School's about to be out, and that's where most of it comes from, so I'm <laughs> feeling good about the summer. There you go. Right, well, thank you. Don't hang up yet. Thank you for joining us, and y'all be sure to check out Shay's Instagram in the show notes. And thank you for listening to today's episode. I hope that you found our thrifting tips helpful and Shay's story inspiring. And I really appreciate you just for listening and for being a part of this conversation and a part of this community. And thank you to everyone who has left a review. And thank you to everyone who has subscribed. You're just all wonderful. You can find this episode and any episode that you may have missed at frugaldebtfreelife.com backslash podcast. Thank you for listening and we'll talk soon.